2: Is a fine, well, cloudy Saturday morning in the Delaware Valley. I will always take this weather for January. I'm Glenn Mack, now joined by my pal Mike Sealski for three hours of radio magic on a weekend where the Eagles get to kick back and watch it all.
3: Kind of like me, Glenn. I get to kick back and watch it all this weekend, too. Looking forward to
2: it. That is what we're going to do. Two things to start the show. One is, as we just said, the Eagles uh, and this weekend's football, particularly the the grudged the hate match <laughs> Saturday night which is good I called it measles mumps you say it is oh you, Monday night you mean you're talking Monday night about- what did yeah. I say um uh- you said Saturday. I'm sorry. Monday night. Yeah. Wait uh, for that one. Yes. Iran, Iraq. Yes. Cowboys versus the Bucks. Anyway, we'll get to that in a little bit. Eagles get the week off. Mike, they earned it. Who would have dreamt of 13 and four back in September? I wouldn't have dreamt of 14 or th- 14 and 3, and three, three either. Oh, <laughs> man, you know what? It's good. It's all good. I got to stop taking that ambient. Okay. <laughs> Who dreamed that we'd be talking about Jalen Hurts for MVP or Nick as coach of the year or Howie as executive of the year? Again, we'll get to the details of that later. So we watch tonight, tomorrow, Monday, uh, and we learn who they play. The longest of the long shots is the game play today. If Seattle can upset the 49ers, 9.5 point underdogs, they will come across the country to play the Eagles next week. Uh, chance of that having a scale of 1 to 100? Two. Okay. That's about right.
3: Yeah. I don't see that at all.
2: I don't either. More likely than that is a game that is going to be played between the Giants and the Minnesota Vikings. I thought, you know, the Giants could win, and then I realized that's the chic pick. Everybody says the Giants can win. Can the Giants win? The
3: Giants can win. I'm not sure that the Giants will win. I think that's a coin flip game. But I think you're onto something there, Glenn. It's become the thing to say... That well, the Giants are probably gonna beat the Vikings. Uh and there's reason to say that. The yeah. Vikings have won a whole bunch of games this season by the skin of their teeth, or you know, opponents like the Indianapolis Colts completely melted down. Negative
2: point differential yeah. on the season for a team that they are thirteen and four, right? Yes.
3: Holy yes. Holy cow. That's that's pretty remarkable. But maybe there's something intangible to be said about their character and all of that kind of stuff. That to me is the most interesting game. Of the weekend, in a way, because I think the, the outcome is the least predictable. And we root for the Giants. Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah, right. Better, better matchup for the Eagles. Sports. Always good to have Eagles-Giants in the playoffs.
2: All right, so I will tell you, Mike, in talking to people this week, getting around town. There's a bit of fear in the Delaware Valley. There's some trepidation. There's a wariness that even as the Eagles landed that coveted one seed, that first round by home field throughout, which is huge, that the team may have peaked in November and could be headed for a crushing crash landing. Mike, how do you feel? I feel more optimistic
3: than that. Uh, I I, I, don't—I—I— completely perceive the uh, fear and apprehension that you're talking about. Totally pick up on that. But I don't share it. Uh, I think they are, as you laid out a minute ago, they're in the best possible position they can be in in this playoff setup. They have home field advantage. They're the best team in the conference. They were the best team in the conference for virtually the entire season. And the, the dynamic, Glenn, that's interesting to me about this is that I didn't sense this same apprehension back in 2018 mm. when they made their Super Bowl run. Yeah. Uh, and you and I before the show. Were and, it, ki-
2: and we're the one seed.
3: Yeah, and we're the one seed. And we're, the, we're an underdog against the Falcons in that first uh, playoff game, the divisional round game. And you and I were kicking around before the show why that is. And I think it's kind of um, counterintuitive. It's, it's the fact that Jalen Hurts is playing, that Lane Johnson is coming back. There's something about that that makes Eagles fans a little uncomfortable because everything is kind of lined up. When your backup quarterback has to take you there, like in 2018, that's a more comfortable way for a fan around here to look at it. Like, hey, we got nothing to lose. Nothing to
2: lose is what I was going to say. Right. Yeah. yeah, nothing to lose. Yeah. And, the, and you know what? The whole underdog thing with the masks, which I believe was Chris Long and Lane Johnson who started that, right? It was. yes. That whole thing kind of started a fan togetherness belief and so on, which is the nobody likes us, nobody believes in us, we don't care, and teams have played the nobody believes in us, they're all against us forever, mm-hmm. often ridiculously. You know, Georgia played that. Yeah, thing. it's <laughs> kind of laughable. Were, what was that? Sixty-three to seven. What it was. It, it, they it it played was the nobody believed four thousand to seven. Yeah, no, nobody believed in us. Um, But the Eagles were able to play it then, and the fan base was. And I think people went into that with like, "Eh, nothing to lose. Hey, if we win, it's great. This time, the expectations are, you're the best team. Mm -hmm. For a long time, people regarded the Eagles as the best team in the league. Now it's probably Kansas City or Buffalo. But best team in the NFC, best record, bye week, home, all that, expectations. Makes people a little
3: nervous. It does. I think that's part of the reason that people wrap their arms around 2022 Phillies during that playoff run as much as they did. It wasn't that just that the Phillies got to the World Series. It's that they were the last wildcard team. They were good enough to make that kind of run, but nobody really expected them to make that kind of run. So as you said, there's nothing to lose. We can throw our hearts to them And if they get beaten by the Braves in the divisional round, okay, well, we made it for the first time in 11 years.
2: So we are going to have on the show later today two great guests, okay? We're going to have your colleague, Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer, who Mm -hmm. is a terrific reporter covering the beat the way beats ought to be covered. Looking forward to talking to him. And we're going to have my pal and yours, Ray Dinger. And I heard Ray—I want to make sure I heard Ray correctly because I believe I heard Ray Dinger say— if they don't win the super bowl this season is not a success it's a failure um and we can get into that with him i don't mm. want to get into that too deep with you right now but the whole point is now the expectation is you got to win the whole thing or yeah and I, that and that i think has got people nervous I, I think it has i
3: think this is the kind of position that philadelphia sports fans on the one hand they relish the ride that's what they that's what most fans i think want from a team is mm. the ride the week to week, night to night feeling that your team is winning and it's great and it's bringing everybody together. And yes, we might win a championship. And then you get to the moment at hand, and it's like, oh my gosh, what's going to go wrong? Is Chris Carpenter going to throw a shutout? Is Rondé Barber going to you know intercept the pass and return it for a no, touchdown? What's what are you doing? What's hey, going to go wrong?
2: What? <laughs>
3: I can keep going, These Glenn. There have been so have kept, many. <laughs> I, yes,
2: I know. I've written several books on that stuff, and it keeps me up at night at various sorry, times. That's okay. I, we've all we've all lived through all that. Yes. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, your level of confidence right now? 6.57. Okay. Yeah, I think they're going to go to – I mean, I, I think that's oh, pretty – Oh, 6.5-7 or 6.57. Now I, was, I have to do math. Where's my 11 year old son who's taking algebra? He told me the um, no. I'm fairly confident. All right, six point five to seven. Yeah, you know what? I'm about the same. I was going to say a seven. I'm feeling mm-hmm. pretty good, and part of the reason I'm feeling pretty good is yesterday Lane Johnson back at practice, mm-hmm. saying he's going to play, working with the team a little bit. Um, we all know the numbers. They are 10 and 22 in their history without Lane Johnson. That even includes the win over the Giants. He has, and we'll talk to our Cooper doctor later, mm-hmm. but he says his recovery has been pretty good, yeah. that he's going to be able to play. It is not so bad. He did release a video of him hoisting the WWE belt. When Lane Johnson's getting cocky, I'm feeling good.
3: You know, I, I have this picture of uh, Lane on the sidelines during the divisional round game next week. If you remember the opening of... Uh, dances with Wolves, where Kevin Costner's trying to get the boot on his foot and he's got the gangrene and yeah. he's biting. Oh,
2: gosh, yeah. He's
3: biting the piece of wood. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I kind of see Lane looking at Putting on his way. uniform uh, yeah, next week? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> uh, but he will be out there. I mean, that that guy, the one thing you can say about Lane Johnson, apart from him being just a terrific player, is that he will do everything he can to get out there and he is honest about how he feels and what he's going through, whether you're talking about mental health issues, or or the physical things that he's dealt with, concussions, love other him. injuries. Love him.
2: love him, love him, love him, love him. Um, and, uh, by the way, made the All-Pro team yesterday, first string All-Pro. Well-deserved. All pro. Well deserved. Oh, Absolutely well-deserved, along with Kelsey was a first stringer, and I feel like I'm leaving out one other. Was Darius Slay first stringer? No, Darius Slay was neither first or second stringer. James Bradbury right. was, which, That's by right. the way— James Bradbury made a good bet on himself this year. Sure did. One-year contract with the Eagles becomes a free agent. Come off this year, he's going to do he's, really well.
3: Yeah, not necessarily here, but no. you know, he'll do all right for himself. Yeah, and
2: by then Jalen Hurts, the second-string All-Pro to Mahomes, as you would expect. And yeah, uh, absolutely. Pretty good to be a second-string All-Pro at this point. Speaking of which, Jalen Hurts is the other thing we really have to think about this game. It has been discussed ad nauseum, and yet it is the big thing to me. I mentioned Lane Johnson. The other thing. Will Jalen Hurts be able to play his game fully and without restriction, without a governor? And I don't mean Josh Shapiro. I mean, I mean by that the attachment to your car's engine that automatically limits speed. Yeah. Now we know he heals faster than Mike Sielski. Well He does a lot of things faster than Mike Sealski as Nick Sirianni has
3: established. Yes. I love
2: the way you became part of that story by do you, asking. Do you know the what question. happened the next
3: day? No. Jalen challenged you to a race. No, the next day i w- I wasn't there the next day, and uh, the Eagles went out to practice, and Hertz was there throwing the ball around and doing the calisthenics. And Nick went around to the writers and said, "Where's Mike? See,
2: there's Jalen. Where is he? So, okay. you know, good work by you. yeah, that's the lesson. Take this badge. It's all in good fun. So he threw yesterday. He did not throw the day before. He didn't throw for nine days. He said he didn't throw for two weeks before that Giants game. I really don't know how to read it. And I heard Howard say, remain calm all as well. And maybe that's true. I'm certainly not going to panic about it. Um, we watched him against the Giants and what he did do and didn't do. What's yeah. your thoughts on where he is and expectations? So I have two thoughts. The first is one
3: that you and I have talked about before on the show, which is that I do think there is an element uh, with hurts. In which he wants to present himself as a different kind of quarterback, like a step above his peers, a different breed. So that he likes, to a certain extent, the idea that he's playing through pain. Uh, I think he likes having that out there. I don't think he's going to be somebody who is going to de-emphasize the injury. I think he's going to tell you, "I'm playing through pain, and it hurts." Yeah, and, they're
2: all let, they're all letting you know, and that. they're
3: le- everybody's letting us know that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is. I'm less worried, and I think the Eagles and Hurts are less worried about him throwing the ball than they are about him, as you said, carrying it, running with it, taking a hit on that shoulder, landing on the Lincoln Financial Field ground and turf. Uh, That, to me, is the bigger danger. I know there was a lot of discussion on the station this week about having Hurts, the coaches having Hurts, throw nine passes in the first nine plays. I don't think that's as much an issue – with respect to Hertz's health, you can have issues with respect to is that the best way the Eagles ought to be running their offense in general. But in terms of like Hertz is injured, he shouldn't be throwing the ball. I don't think that's an issue. I think the bigger issue
2: is is he carrying the ball and is he taking hits. Yeah, I I agree. I think he's gonna because there was like why did he come out the last game and throw nine passes because he can throw right. I don't think that's I don't think that's the problem. Yeah, to I, me that not to interrupt. Sorry, no, I think right. the
3: push when push comes to shove, if they're in a close game. I think the question becomes, okay, do they have Hurts carry the ball? You know, we need – it's third and five. Do we run a read option, and could he possibly keep it?
2: And clearly that will depend on score and circumstance. But if they are in a close game and they got to win this game, he'll do it. Oh, absolutely. He's not going to shy away from it, and they will do it because you and I have talked about this before. Protecting Jalen Hurts' health and future is a good priority. But you know what's a bigger priority? winning the Super Bowl this year. Yep. And if they have the opportunity to do it and their quarterback gets injured in the process, they will still do it. This is the NFL. This is about winning the games. It is not about prolonging players' careers. I hate to sound that flippant about a guy's future but that is the way it works
3: that's it the, the idea that the eagles have an open window for several years because jalen hurts is 24 is the wrong way to think about it they are going for it right now yeah
2: and i agree with you completely <laughs> because i don't think james Bradbury's is going to be back next nope. year and, and maybe he a few gonna, other guys and
3: he ain't going to be the only one who ain't right. back next they year. they
2: got to do it uh the only other injury i want to talk about by the way 215 592 we'd love to talk to you about it today the Avante Maddox injury, and he is not coming back anytime no. soon, and I would not anticipate he would be coming back even if they get to the Super Bowl. And that's the one they've missed maybe more than we all realize. That slot corner, he does it so well. The way they play defense, they only rush four. Um, the guys in the secondary have to be in the right place, and it's the backups haven't been haven't been able to do it. It's why the other team is completing 13 passes in a row. And, and, you know, people can rant and rave about the defense Gannon plays, but he's almost doing it so as not to expose those guys filling in to disaster. Yeah. And that's, that's the one I'm a little nervous about.
3: Yeah, I am too. And the fear I would have heading into the divisional round and perhaps the NFC Championship game is that you're going to face at least once a quarterback smart enough – to exploit that. You know, Dak Prescott, for instance, has had not a particularly great season, leads the NFL in interceptions and interception percentage, but he is the guy who took advantage of the fact that Maddox got hurt on Christmas Eve and completes whatever it was, 24 out of 24 against a zone defense where the Eagles defensive backs don't really know where to go mm-hmm. because Maddox isn't there. Uh, that would concern me Uh throughout this playoff run is are they going to encounter the kind of quarterback and Prescott is that kind of guy, Brady in theory would be that kind of guy who can take advantage of the fact that Maddox isn't out there.
2: Well, here's how it works in the end. In the end, by the way, I feel pretty good, okay? They got two weeks. Everybody's got two weeks to heal. I don't think Maddox is going to be back. Nick is a creative coach. I Mm -hmm. think he's going to find new wrinkles. Uh, I think any team that has to pass through here what this crowd can do, I'm hearing how phenomenal Brock Purdy is. Oh, my God, <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant. I want to see Brock Purdy play in a pressure pack game in front of 68,000 Eagle fans. That's going to be a little different than what he's done.
3: Yeah, look, if the 49ers make a, end up making a run and making the Super Bowl however they get there, it's not going to be because of Brock Purdy it's just not
2: right but he's going to have to do things if he comes yeah. here and i think it's going to be tough i think that uh and we'll, we'll discuss the other teams more but i like it all and i'll and i'll close with this people said all year ah who have the eagles beat who's any good that the eagles beat right uh and per denny salesman who's a great follow on twitter i don't know if you follow him I do not. He's, he's like he's great with charts and graphics and so on and he put uh, the record D E N I Z S E L M A N. I'm not sure if that's his full Twitter handle, mm-hmm. but he's really a good follow when it comes to this. This is the record versus teams with winning records in the NFL. That they okay. Eagles mm-hmm. are seven and one against teams with winning records. That's pretty darn good. The best in the league. There you go. Da- uh, San Francisco was four and one. Okay. Dallas was six and two. Minnesota four and three. Kansas City five and two. Buffalo five and two. Cincinnati four and three. So who's got the best record in the league against winning teams? the eagles. I feel good about that. Yeah, and they were in one of the stronger, if not the strongest division in the NFL
3: yeah, this season. Right. Uh and look, we started talking about apprehension. That's where we began the show. And this is the NFL playoffs. There's that's part of the deal. You know, most playoff games don't end 45 to 10. So, people are going to have to get accustomed to the fact that uh these are going to be close games. I just looked at the numbers from last year's playoffs, Glenn. The sixth... Divisional round games, okay. The the round the Eagles aren't playing in this yeah. year, only two of them were one score games. Four of them were at least yeah, well, two you, scores. Yeah,
2: okay. You're gonna but have some of that this week. Exactly.
3: Every game after that, the four divisional round games, the two conference championship games, and the Super Bowl were all one score right. games. Yeah. This is a grind. It comes
2: with the territory. I think that's nicely said. All right. One other thing that we need to throw in here at the top, and again, we'll take your calls, Mitchell Wimuth, and You'll be up first. Just hang in a minute. You and I had a stupid bet that we made at the start of the year, and the stupid bet basically centered on the Eagles' return game. You bet that it wouldn't be that good. Mm-hmm. I bet on faith that it would be perfectly fine. You, for a long time, had the edge. You're up 6-1. to one I was. At one point. Uh, and yet, then it tied at 6-6, and then you, uh, you got one... Well, two weeks ago when the Eagles could not return a kickoff to their 20. Against the Saints, yes. Put you up 7-6. to six. Mike Sielski's looking at the dinner menu at Ralph's, starting to plan things out.
3: And then I brought in Mitch Williams
2: in the bottom of the ninth. And here we go. It was three minutes into the second quarter against the Giants. Jamie Gillen back to punt.
0: The punt is almost blocked. It's a wobbler. Covey looks up. Covey takes it, makes the first man miss. He is running hard across the left sideline. 40, 45, 50 in the Giants' territory. Britton Covey, now there's a penalty flag all the way back near the line of scrimmage. Let's see about this. Let's see. It was a 46-yard punt and a 17-yard return.
1: Holding number 21 of the kicking team. That 10-yard penalty will be added to the end of we'll the Will be play.
0: added to first the play. It was against the Giants.
2: And there you go. Uh, you know, what's funny is I saw the punt return. Um, well, I wouldn't have got it otherwise. But I, yeah. I and when I saw the penalty, I thought, "Oh, please, please, please!" And yeah. I got it. We are tied It's seven to seven. We are. If the season's over.
3: What no, are we going to do? No, it's not. No, it's not.
2: Kyle Quinn's already got dinner. He's he's in. <laughs> right. We are going to keep going.
3: Uh, this is not going to be sudden death. It's not whoever. You know, the, the Eagles okay. uh, return a punt well, you win. Or they don't return a kickoff well, I win. We are going to play this. Take it as, through. Yeah, take it through the Super Bowl if we have to.
2: Sounds good to me. All right, couple things we want to plug, a couple events. you got something coming up uh, at the Free Library.
3: I do. Thursday afternoon, January 19th, from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, I'm going to be at the Philadelphia Free Library hosting a and a with someone you all may have heard of, Stephen A. Smith, That's great, whose new memoir is coming out. So I'm going to talk to Stephen about that. It gets into his upbringing and his time at ESPN, a little bit in his time with the Inquirer in Philly. Yeah, nice. um, and I and prom- you won't have
2: to do much talking.
3: I promise you it will not be specious, egregious, or ridiculous.
2: <laughs> I love Stephen, actually. Um, Stephen's a very nice guy. He yeah, is. Good for you. All right, so you have that. That's what, Thursday? Thursday at 1 o'clock. Well, Thursday evening from 6.30 to 9, I am hosting a release party for, get this right, Mike and Merrill. Philly Special Hazy IPA. At Conchalk & Brewing, we made the Merrill & Mike, which was a real high-octane one. We're coming out with the Mike & Merrill Hazy, which is a 6.5, more crushable, okay. tailgate beer. That's, that's right in my wheelhouse. Party's going to be at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap by Conchalk & Brewing in Bridgeport. The Eagles Pep Band is going to play. Nice. Ray Dinger's going to come sign and sell books. I am going to host a quizzo-like trivia contest.
3: Is Ray allowed to participate in that contest?
2: Oh, somebody ought to get Ray on their team. They would do, they would do really well. <laughs> Uh, great prizes, lots of beer come out and celebrate a great season Thursday night from six thirty-nine at uh, uh Kitchen and Hap. All right, we'll talk, we'll mention those more before we get off, but we want to talk to you 215-592-9494. Mike Sielski, Glenn now Saturday on 94 WIP.
5: Mike
2: Sealskey, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. Let's talk to John and Manny and see what's on his mind this morning. Hello, John. What's up, Glenn? How you doing? Doing great. Hi, John.
1: Good. How you doing, Mike? Excellent. Um, I have a quick question for you. It's like uh it's kinda of out of the box here, but do you think that the way NFL teams win the Super Bowls nowadays, do you think that um if you just have a quarterback you draft and and you keep like the Eagles right now, they got a great team, they got these other guys that can pay, but do you think that would it be worth of like uh, getting in uh, as much as I like Jalen Hurts? Do you think it would be like drafting a new quarterback that can fit into their system and down the road? John,
3: you, know? you are touching on something that I have written about over the last year or two, and I think got to read that. Yeah, to me is the defining question about how to build a team that competes for a Super Bowl each year, which is there is so much advantage to the situation that the Eagles have now, where you have a young quarterback on his rookie contract playing very well, that I wonder if there is going to be a team or teams that says, you know what, it was great what, I don't know, Jalen Hurts or in Baltimore Lamar Jackson did for us, and we took our shot with him or we won a championship with him, but guess what, we're not going to pay him because once we sign him to a long-term, really expensive contract— it's harder to build a team around him that can compete for and win a Super Bowl. So we're just going to let him walk, and we're going to draft somebody else. I think you raise a really, really interesting question.
1: Thanks. Yeah, do you think, could they uh, franchise franchise tag him for another year or something like that? Could they do that?
2: Yeah, they can. They and can, yeah. yeah. You, you want to avoid it, because, and thanks, great call, because it often creates ill feelings. Yes. But I think the league's going to have to figure out eventually how to do this. The Eagles are in that great situation now. We said it. They've got a really good team with a that they can afford because the quarterback's on his first contract. Mm-hmm. It's going to change. He's going to sign a deal 35-40, 45 million, whatever crazy number it's going to be, which as much of a cap genius Howie Rosen may be, he's not going to be able to find his way out of that. We've seen it with other teams. It's bad for the league. I don't know that there should be a separate quarterback cap or something, I, I don't. but know. you have to find a way that if a team has a star quarterback, it doesn't have to strip off other guys.
3: Yeah, and the other factor, which we haven't mentioned here, Glenn, is that part of the reason the teams want to give these quarterbacks these long-term contracts is that— the quarterbacks are the faces of the nfl you want your quarterback i don't know 20 years ago to be doing chunky soup ads you want aaron (laughs) Rodgers on state farm you want tom brady selling stuff that's part of the calculus that these owners go through when they decide whether to sign these quarterbacks or not so it's not just an on-field decision it's more than that it's marketing and it's money
2: yeah yeah, very good point. All right. Let us take a little bit of a deeper look into some of the other games this weekend. Two one five five nine two ninety-four ninety four. All right, today, uh what time is kickoff? Four thirty kickoff, Levi's Stadium. The Seahawks go in to play the Niners. We agreed, not much drama there. You talked about all the games, first round games that were blowouts this week last year, excuse me. Uh, I think you're going to get that kind of 30-10 to 10 game here.
3: I, I agree. Uh, I am happy for Geno Smith, the Seahawks quarterback. I covered him for a hot minute when the Jets drafted him, and it was a tough situation. He was kind of an immature kid at the time, but clearly he's grown up, uh, resurrected his career. Great story. Doesn't mean that they're, they're going to beat the 49ers today. No. The 49ers are really good.
2: No, one and out. Okay, uh, the other game today, which starts at eight fifteen. In Jacksonville, the Chargers go in to play the Jaguars. Jaguars got a home advantage there. Hello. Yes. Um, it's a game that doesn't mean a whole lot in terms of who's going to get to the Super Bowl. But hey, Doug Peterson, baby, Dougie P, turning around a franchise that,
3: quite honestly, might be one of the might have been one of the two or three biggest laughing stocks. In the NFL. First
2: pick in the draft
3: last two years. I think they won four games collectively in two years. Yeah, and all this, you know, their owner can't wait to have his team's home games in London every year. (laughs) You know, they're in a market where college football really is king. Kind of at the nexus of Florida and Georgia and Florida State and all of that stuff. But the fact that Doug has done what he's done, and more importantly for that franchise in the long term, the fact that he has turned Trevor Lawrence into an elite quarterback, will keep them relevant and presumably competitive for a long time. That kid is really
2: good. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Herbert. Two, two really good uh, young quarterbacks in the league. We talked about young quarterbacks. That's two of them. Looking forward to that. Do you know the Jags would be the first team in NFL history to win a playoff game the season after finishing with the, the league's worst record.
3: That's remarkable.
2: Right? For all the talk about how in the
3: NFL you can turn things around in one season and go to, from worst to first, that stuns me to, to hear that. It really yeah. does.
2: Um, anyway, we all love Doug Peterson, right? Yeah, I mean, that—that's this town will always have a spot for Doug Peterson.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you, you think about uh, a coach or player's time here. And you think about... I, I do anyway. I think about little moments. And to me, the consummate Doug Peterson moment during his career here is that moment in the Super Bowl where Nick Foles comes to the sideline and says, you want to run Philly Philly. And if you watch the video of that moment, it has not occurred to Doug to run that play in that moment. And Nick says it. And on fourth and goal against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, Doug says, yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Like...
2: That act of spontaneity changed Philadelphia sports history. I think that's a great point. Big balls, Doug. And and and, and he trusted Foles. He yep. trusted backup quarterback to do it. By the way, do you know the cameraman who shot that view that you see all the time?
3: I believe that the cameraman's name is one David Dittinger.
2: That is true. And actually, the sound man is the brother of my brother-in-law. Wow. Yeah.
4: That's anyway. a lot of connections Yeah, there. there's a lot of connections there.
2: All right. Tomorrow. Um... One o'clock, the Marv McNow game. Uh he's coming go. to my house. That's Dad's awesome. coming over. Great. Dolphins against the Bills. No Tua. Um you saw all the emotion in Buffalo last week when mm-hmm. they returned. Two kickoffs for touchdowns. The opening kickoff. I think that's gonna be another like thirty to ten game. Yeah. I don't see how the Dolphins
3: hang in there. I I don't either. Uh I really don't. Buffalo. Uh, is so united around this team right now, and that team is really good. It would not surprise me if Buffalo represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, That is probably, I would think, probably leading to be the most one-sided game of the weekend, I think.
2: Okay, and then the game tomorrow evening is the Giants at Minnesota. Am I deluding myself by thinking the Giants can win that? I just don't have any... Belief in Minnesota. I've watched Minnesota. I saw the Eagles beat them. I saw the Cowboys crush them. Mm-hmm. Um, I see them beating bad teams. I think the Giants are pretty good. I mean, forget what we saw last week. They didn't I, do anything. I think Giants are a pretty good team. I think the Giants aren't quite as good
3: as people are making them out to be relative to this game if that makes sense like remember the first time the eagles played the giants this year
2: yeah 48 to 22 the giants did not
3: look like like a good team that no no, at all no um now things have changed obviously since then but you know i think that's a game that comes down to a field goal uh it's it's do you trust kirk cousins you know i think that's everybody's hesitation that's a great point do you trust kirk cousins um, and I'm, I'm not sure I'm I do, but I'm not, sure, I'm not sure I trust him any more or less than Daniel Jones. All right, who are you taking? I will take I will take the Giants 30-28. to 28. All right,
2: that's a good score. Uh, let's talk to Tom in Deptford. You're on with Mike and Glenn. Hey, Tom.
0: Hey, guys. How you doing? I, listen, this, the point that was just brought up with the last call or kind, of, kind of bothered me in a little bit in the sense of this. It, it, in the NFL, listen, if you're going to establish a, a, a great franchise, you need the guy at, at 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 the quarterback level. I'm sorry if you're going to try to every four years to change a quarterback. But listen, look at the teams. Listen, okay, the Chiefs might have not won a Super Bowl, but every year the Chiefs are 13 and three. So somebody's doing something right there, or they're 12 and four. You're always you, with the Chiefs. You're always going to have a chance to win because of Mahomes. Yeah,
3: but here's so here's you, Tom. Let me but, just stop you there, real quick. The difference is how many other Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady's, are you going to find out
0: there? You don't know you might have this in Hurts. You don't know
2: that. I'm not sure exactly what we're we're disagreeing on. We're not saying we want Hurts to leave. No. Well, you're saying the guy said you can replace your quarterback every four years and and make it the system. And I'm not saying that you can. What I'm saying is... Because of the price of quarterbacks, I, I think it becomes really important to build a team around him when he's young and win it on his first contract, which is where the Eagles are now. Okay. It's going to be tougher for the Eagles. Like you've seen Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, right? They're good, but they never get back to the Super Bowl yeah, but, but, because but Aaron that, Rodgers swallows up so much of their their um, salary cap.
0: But but I totally – is that because of maybe the coach isn't that good? Is that because – Maybe guys get hurt. Uh, I, yeah. I don't. I mean, there's that. A, there's
2: more than one factor, I but I don't think my factor is is unimportant. I mean, yeah, their coaches their coaches have not been great. I'll give you that. But I think I think it it is a factor how quarterbacks take all the money. Doesn't mean that I want Hurts to leave. Please don't take mm-hmm. it that way. I, I mean, it just been, means that it becomes more challenging. And now is the great time to win the Super Bowl.
0: Well, well, let's let's take the Patriots. Okay, Tom Tom Brady was was known at some point to take less of a deals. But look, if you got a great coach, I don't care what anybody says. Say what you want to say about Andy Reid. He's there every year. Mm-hmm. He gives your team a chance, regardless of of the less of a players, of the talent that you don't have, because the quarterback takes up so much cap. He, and again, they might they might beat them right at the end. I don't know if the Bills are going to be able to beat them. I, I just do. I think that's going to be a great game, a shootout. I mean, you're just going to take it. You know, the Bengals also. I just. I don't know. I, I agree about – but I in the NFL, you can't go every four or five years. No, they, I don't want to do that. Yeah.
2: I, I hear your point. Yeah. I do. And I don't Thanks, want – yeah, I, and it may have come across that we thought, like, okay, so you replaced the quarterback. Right. To me, it's not that you replace the quarterback. To me, it's that it's going to be tougher.
3: It is. And there are different levels of this. Look, it's, it's interesting uh, that Tom used – Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady is the two examples of this who are probably two of the three best quarterbacks of the last quarter century in the NFL, and Brady certainly is the best of all time. But there are different levels of this. You can have a quarterback like a Matt Ryan in Atlanta where that that franchise was in total disarray Mm -hmm. after Michael Vick went through his problems and they hired several different coaches, and Matt Ryan comes in and is a stabilizing force there for more than a decade. Did they win the Super Bowl? No, but having Matt Ryan there was of immense value to that franchise. There are going to be quarterbacks where it's worth making the bet that it's worth paying them that much money. I just wonder if there are going to be more teams that say, you know what, we're going to try to just cycle through these guys rather than try to find the absolute best of the best. Yeah,
2: I absolutely don't want to get rid of Hurts. I don't want that to be implied in there. All right, Dan and AJ, stick around. We'll get you guys on the other side, and we will introduce... Little baseball talk Phillies make a signing last night, and I get a feeling that a lot of people aren't happy with it. We'll see how Mike feels. uh, 215-592-9494. Only been saying that for 20 years. Uh, With Mike, I'm Glenn. I can tell you from my long association with the folks at Meridian Bank, they are among the best and the brightest when it comes to the banking part. But you know what? They're also a bunch that likes to have a fun time, and maybe that's why Meridian has just been ranked as a number one Delaware County place to work. Now, for you, that kind of company culture translates into both business success and a thoroughly enjoyable experience. If your business banking is painful, Cure is available, and you can find it at meridianbanker.com. Two on,
1: one out. And the pitch. Swung on, did it, crushed, and the Phillies are gonna lead it, four to nothing. A three run home run for Reese Hoskins. His first postseason home run, and he's sprinting around third.
2: Bank Park. Oh, chills, Mike. Yeah. That
3: chills. Was, uh, that was the moment of the Phillies postseason until Bryce Harper came up in the bottom of the eighth of Game 5 of the National League Championship this Series.
2: Was g- game 3, Atlanta? Is that yep. when? It, yeah, game okay. Three, that's yep. when this was. Yeah, and it was, oh my God, it was great. And he was in a slump and he had made errors and he just, the Reese Hoskins comes through. By the way, brilliance by Scott Franski and Larry Anderson. Mm-hmm. I, and uh, I, I love, I, hearing those guys just always puts a smile on my face. We play that because uh, last evening, I guess it was, the Phillies agree with Reese Hoskins on a deal for 2023, twelve million dollar one year deal, avoiding arbitration. They also signed uh, Edmundo Sosa, Gregory Soto, the new lefty they got uh, to maybe be a closer, Ranger Suarez to new contracts, avoiding arbitration. Hoskins is a very polarizing figure. Uh, when I put that they signed him, my Twitter feed was hit by hey, one of <laughs> I think were, that was the exact quote. Were,
3: were all my uncles, cousins, and
2: in-laws <laughs> on your Twitter feed? <laughs> so I'm—I I mean, I'm going first. I get it. I get the strikeouts. They're—they're they're problematic, and the defense is really subpar. But he is a. Pretty good offensive player, despite the strikeouts. Led the team in doubles, second on the team in home runs. A lot of walks. Um, He's a middle of the order guy. He gets hot and he's great. He gets cold and it's problem. And I guess my other, my other, my final point is, if not Hoskins, who's playing first base? Yeah. Look, because I'm sorry, because the idea of moving Alec Boehm. Alec Boehm doesn't have enough offense to play third base, nor is he a particularly good offensive player. Why would I want him as a first baseman where his lack of offense would become more glaring? Look, yes.
3: Leave Bohm aside for a second because I think it's possible for him to improve uh, as a hitter. His power numbers, he's still relatively inexperienced. Um, But you're right. Like if you move Hoskins out of first base and put Bohm there, then you've got to find somebody at third base who delivers more offense. And it is hard to find someone who is as good offensively as Reese Hoskins. I understand how streaky he is. I understand that people the last thing that people think of now when they think of Hoskins is him you know butchering a ball at first base in the World Series and striking out a lot. He also hit four home runs in the league championship series, two of which, several of which were big home runs. It wasn't like he was hitting them when the Phillies were up 8 to 1 already. They were meaningful home runs and he can carry a team for a week or two, which is the kind of thing that you need from a power hitter during the course of a regular season. Every year he's been in the big leagues, he's had an OPS, a combined on-base and slugging percentage, of at least 794. That was his worst one, and that was last year, okay? He's a productive hitter, 30 home runs last year. As you said, Glenn, a lot of walks. Is he perfect? Of course he's not perfect. Did they sign him to a long-term contract? They did not. They got him for one year. $12 $12 million. There's nothing wrong with that. I have no issues with this at all.
2: Yeah, and, and I know $12 of people sounds like a fortune. It is not. It no. it's, it's, does not put him in the higher echelon of paid first baseman. No, I'm fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with it. And it got me a chance to play Franski in L.A., and so that made the whole... That's thing never up. a bad thing. No. Nah. Let's talk to Dan in Pottstown. You're on with Mike and Glenn.
1: Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, hey Dan. Hey, um, people are kind of dismissing the 49ers. Um, somewhat because they have a rookie quarterback, and who knows how he'll play when the pressure is really on. Um, we have a quarterback who's played very well, but last year in the playoffs when the pressure was on, the other team was saying he doesn't know what's coming. He also had an undefeated team at Alabama in the ch- national championship game, and he got pulled at halftime. So...
2: um I think we're kind of equal in that respect with the Niners. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> you're, you're assuming that Hurts is the same Hurts as he was last year. You haven't seen dramatic improvement in Jalen
1: no, Hurts? he has improved,
2: but beating
1: the, beating the Giants in October is not like playing in the playoffs. All right, what team,
2: uh, well, of course, what team in the NFL this year has the best record against other teams with winning records? Um, I assume it's the Eagles. It is, seven and 7-1.
1: Okay, but... You know, the proof is when the pressure is on. Well, yeah. let me Go say ahead. this,
3: Dan. Um, t- to your point, I think one of the things you have to keep an eye on with respect to the 49ers and Brock Purdy is how much are they really going to rely on him to try to win a playoff game? Remember, this is a team that, what, two, they've, three— They've
1: got weapons.
3: Right, but my point is, two or three years ago, this was a team that, that got to the Super Bowl— and had its quarterback throw eight passes in an NFC championship game because mm-hmm. it was that strong a team. Now they're not going to ask as much of Purdy and they're probably going to ask even less of him in the playoffs. So th- the challenge to me isn't, you know, is Brock Purdy, the question isn't, is Brock Purdy as good as Jalen Hurts? It's a question of what are you asking Brock Purdy to do versus what are you asking Jalen Hurts to do?
1: Oh yeah, I, I totally agree with that, you know, and it's, It's just a thing, like, don't just automatically think that San Fran can't come in here and win. Oh, I'm not going to say they can't come in here
2: and win. No, no, I don't think anybody said that. But I will throw in one other thing, and I do think it's a factor. Brock Purdy will be playing in his first playoff game, first big stage game, on the road in a hostile stadium of 70,000 people. It is a factor. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, no, it is. But, you know, I think um, as a team, I think they match up pretty well. And did you hear the one stat? I think it was Trey Wingo called in. Like, if you played the Niners, the next week, if you had a game, you were 0-13 for the year.
2: I didn't hear that, but that's a Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, if the Eagles play the Niners. They won't be playing the following week. They'll have, have the bye, a bye before the Super Bowl. There you go. Allen Doyle's Doylestown. What's happening, yep. Al? Is Al or A.J.? AJ, excuse it's me. It's AJ.
6: Hey uh, it's okay. It's okay. How you doing, guys? Good. Hi, AJ. I, I, I have two points on Jalen Hurts, but uh, you, when you bring up the quarterback and how to construct a team when they're on their uh, you know rookie deal, I think it it really comes down to how well do you trust management to draft and bring in the right pieces. So I think if you want sustained success, you, you're going to go with the you know the Aaron Rodgers and a big deal. If if you really want to have a better team around a quarterback on the cheap, you better hope the GM can draft well, and that quarterback that you draft that small window fits and actually executes the way you want them to. So I think it's a, you know, pick your poison type of deal.
3: Yeah, Um, AJ, you're right on the money with that. The drafting matters incredibly; it's incredibly important.
6: And then with Jalen Hurts, two points. The the only concern I have with Jalen is really and it doesn't matter who we play, is in the championship game because having that week off between, you know, right now the wild card and the divisional, and then having the week off between the championship and the Super Bowl, I think just puts him in a position where he can he can kind of go all out in that next game. Um, so really I think it's that back-to-back divisional championship that if he gets beat up a little bit next week, where does that leave him for the championship game? Um, so there's that. And, and I tend to think a lot of people are discounting just how good of a quarterback he is. That yes, he's he's much better when he's able to use his legs, and I think everyone can agree with that. But I trust Jalen Hurts more as just a, as a quarterback in the pocket uh, than I would a Gardner Minshew. And, and I think it was brought up during the Saints broadcast oh, that yeah,
2: I think that's a safe
6: one. It, yeah, that you know they talked about Nick Foles that hey.
2: Well, he's asked out on us. We, yeah. we we got your point though.
3: Yeah, and and you know, it's a good point about uh how much Hurts improved as a passer and as we said earlier in the show, Glenn, I think the proof will be in the pudding in terms of situations that present themselves once the games begin, once the Eagles are playing. If it's a 20 to 17 game and it's third and 3, the chances are pretty good that the Eagles will consider and maybe use Jalen Hurts as a runner mm-hmm. because the game will be on the line in that moment. Mm-hmm. I think you know we're likely to see Hertz play very similarly to the way that he did in the first half of that Giants game in the last game of the season, where if there's an opportunity for him to slide, he's going to slide. He's not going to take on
2: blockers and tacklers the way that he did earlier this year. two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four Mike sealski, Glenn Now coming up, we're going to talk to Ray Didinger, a lot of football, but we just talked about the Phillies first baseman, yes. Remember Ray's nickname for him? Corner Butcher. See how Ray feels about that signing. He may yeah. not be as positive as we are. That's okay. Anyway, Mike and Glenn on 94 WIP. Hey, if the cold weather has you thinking it's time to finally replace those old drafty windows and doors... There is no better time to make your home more energy-efficient while taking advantage of Guida's Big Winter Sale. Now, the great people at Guida Door and Window, they're extending the Big Winter Sale through January by offering 40% off every window and door you buy. Receive 40% off each expertly installed, energy-efficient replacement window. That also includes free high-performance low-E glass. And if you're in need of a new door, you receive 40% off any door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. Take advantage of Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans to get your project started with no money out of pocket. This offers for a limited time only. you got to act quickly. If your home needs new windows or doors, call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at 1-877-GO-GUIDA or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A dot com.